Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Today is the day we're diving into the armor of God. Praise God. Do you feel you may be missing some valuable resources to help you stand amid your battles? Can you tell spiritual warfare is happening all around you? Does it seem as though evil and sin is widespread, uncontrolled, and flourishing? Do you have a need to be equipped with more than information so you can experience victory over evil and sin? The first two components of God's armor are truth and righteousness, and they're from God. For the disciple, it's gird and breastplate. You will hear of the only way you can acquire these marvelous attributes of God so you can be armed, prepared, and protected. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled, The Armor of God Revisited. As a disciple of Jesus, if you were asked, what is the armor of God? How do I get it? How does it work? And why do I need it? Are you truly equipped to answer those questions? I pray after today, a portion of all of those questions will be answered for you. The first message in and about the armor of God is where God begins. Where does God begin in the armor of God? It's right at Jesus. Imagine that. So, the first message of the armor of God is start at Jesus. Here's a reminder. The full armor of God is in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 13 through 17. We will be in verses 13 and 14 today. I pray God unveils his truths to you and you begin to know and be reminded of what God's armor is, why you need it, and why he provides it to all of his disciples. I want you to know each week expect we will be building on each passage and I pray it blesses your time and life. It confirms the truth of why you need it and encourages you to take up and put on as the Spirit of God empowers you into action. So, Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Verse 14 is where God reveals the first two components of his armor. He says, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So, the first two components of the armor of God are truth and righteousness. But did you hear God's command repeated in both passages? I am inspired to say, as a disciple of Jesus, you are called to live out God's commands. And as a faithful disciple, you, out of love for him, will keep them and live them out. His command is in both passages, and it's for the disciple to stand firm. God has entrusted his disciples with the truth of his word, and his spirit, and the gospel. Therefore, our first command as a disciple of Jesus is to stand firm on the truth of the only true God. 
You must be resilient in your stance as you put total trust in the only true God in the Bible. You must never be persuaded or influenced by deceptiveness of humanity, nor should you be poisoned, weakened, or overpowered by craftiness in deceitful scheming. You must not be held enslaved by the world systems and hollow deception according to traditions, customs, and rituals of men, nor according to the elementary opinions, practices, habits, and behaviors in and of the world around you. You must have both of your feet firmly planted in and upon the truth of God and his word, and nothing or no one should be able to cause you to move or lose ground by which you stand. Has evil and sin caused you to move? Has it caused you to weaken your stance on the truth of God? Then take courage. God can and will empower you to stand firm, but you must trust and believe that he will accomplish it in you by the power of his spirit. At this moment, do you have a desire to stand firm today? If you do, then make that known to God. And I pray God will move in your life. Now, once you begin to stand firm, you are to gird your loins with truth. A natural question would be, what is truth? And that would be a good question with so much deception in this world. But I believe a better way of asking is, who is truth? Because I don't think you can put on a what. However, you can surely put on a who. Now, I would imagine some would say, huh? Yes, here it is. Remember just a bit ago I said God the Father started at Jesus? Well, here's what God says pertaining to the truth. It's John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Can I say, whoop, there it is. Jesus is the truth. So, if Jesus is the truth, then you are to gird Jesus to yourself. And before I talk about girding, I'd love to provide supporting truths in God's word to confirm the truth that was just came out of my mouth. And as a disciple of Jesus, God's word is the best to use to refute evil. So it's Romans 13:14 and it says, "But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust." So Put on Jesus Christ, who is the truth. That would be the truth. Either way, whether it's internal or external, evil and sin will be able to shake or move your stance while you stand firm on the truth of God. Look at it this way. 
It's like a wide belt that you have cinched tightly around your waist. As you fasten this truth or bind this truth of God in Jesus Christ to yourself, you got to go to the core of your spirituality and humanity. It isn't just a garment on the outside of your body. It is bound to your innermost being so that God's truth is at the core of who you are as a disciple of Jesus. Now it becomes the only part of you that remains in place because you are now grounded in the truth of God in Jesus Christ. Your feet may go in one direction, your arms, eyes, and mind in another, but when the truth is at the core of your being, your existence, you will become like concrete, immovable, and able to stand firm. Have you ever got that gut feeling when you knew what you were thinking, seeing, or getting ready to do, and it caused you to stop? It may have even caused you to... Well, that's the truth of God through the power of God's Spirit putting your feet to a stop because He sees the potential for you to move, which, by the way, is away from God because it's what disobedience and sin does. It moves you back away toward the darkness. Why do you want to go back to Egypt? Isn't His marvelous light better than the darkness you've been living in? Stop! So your eyes can change direction and your mind will clear from the illusions and deceptive schemes of the devil because you allowed the lust of your flesh or eyes to gain access and made yourself available to the enemy within you and the one that's in this world. So stop! Have confidence, though, the more you grow in your spirituality, which leads to deeper and more meaningful, intimate relationship with God. When you do stop and you do remain in living in his obedience and truth, you can shout armor working. Praise God. Have you shouted armor working lately or have you looked down at your feet? And they're moving. Just remember, as a disciple of Jesus, you must fix, bind, take, retain, all of those action words of God's truth regardless of anything or anyone. Stay in God's truth. Now, on to the breastplate. You ready? God says, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The first place to stop and meditate on in the verse is the word and. I know you may have expected something else, but you see why God commands us to live by every word. One could easily just skim right over it and miss God's connective meaning. So, and is the first point. 
<coughs> excuse me, getting choked up here. And I'm trying to maintain my passion and my desire to want to just jump through the mic. The breastplate goes with the belt. It isn't one or the other because and means in addition to or as well as or coupled with. Aha! They go together. I would hope you would want to know why. Well, the short answer is, and for those who know me personally, they're laughing right now. The short answer is, these are two of Jesus' attributes, truth and righteousness. So, listen for the why in 2 Corinthians 5.21, because God's word is, in addition to itself, as well as itself, and coupled with itself. So, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The truth is, as a disciple of Jesus, we become righteous only in him. Here's your thought to put under your cap today. Jesus is both truth and righteousness. Glory to God. This is how you get to live out this wonderful work of God in Jesus, which guarantees salvation and the new life in his disciples forever. God the Father transfers the righteousness of Jesus to all of his disciples. By doing so, it removes our sin and the condemnation for that sin and places it on Jesus. This is the way, there it is again, the way God the Father in Christ could satisfy your sin debt that you could never satisfy in your flesh. You could never do as much good as it would take to make you perfect. Because Jesus has no sin in himself, but our sin was placed on him. Therefore, Jesus suffered the just penalty for your sin, and now God the Father then sees the disciples of Jesus as righteous because you, as a disciple of Jesus, only can be righteous in him. That is why Romans 8.1 is one of my favorite passages on truth and a promise that I truly claim that says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, not later, now, and in Christ Jesus. Now, with all due respect to one's teachings and learnings, your righteousness nor your salvation is based on what you do. You could never earn salvation. It's what God in Christ has done in you. This makes me want to go back to God's word to be certain that no stones are thrown, only passing around the truth here, 
because in the flesh, feelings can get hurt really easily. Amen? So if anyone think themselves righteous by their deeds and think those deeds save or guarantee one's salvation, listen to what God says in Isaiah 64, 6 to support why we as disciples of Jesus must be in him to experience the full impact and benefit of God's righteousness. The truth, Isaiah 64, 6, for all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Short truth, all of us, righteous deeds, filthy rags. All of us. Now, the truth the best of ourselves is really corrupt compared to Jesus and not compared to each other, Jesus. But when you compare yourself to someone else and think you are righteous more than they, filthy garment. The best of your deeds, as good as you may think they are or have intended for them to be, in which you depend on them to be a righteous work, Filthy garment. You must cast your filthy garment away, as you can and only will be seen righteous in God through his sight when you are in Jesus. Any other way, deception. Be careful. It's a deceitful scheme because even your best duties or work is flawed and imperfect compared to Jesus Christ. Therefore, you must be in him. Your life as a disciple of Jesus is to be a reflection of Jesus' righteousness. Therefore, Jesus' righteousness must precede you, like you are wearing him as a breastplate. It's not the garment you're wearing that makes you righteous. It's him. He's in front of you for you to see and use as the perfect example on how to live the life God has promised to his disciples who are in Jesus Christ. Therefore, when you have God's truth cinched as tight as you can get it around your waist down to your innermost being and his righteousness beaming from your breastplate, you can and will face the enemy with the living word of God flowing from you, and you will begin to live without fear of defeat. Amen? As we head back up, as disciples of Jesus, you must practice, practice, practice God's truth and righteousness for it to become a way of life. Your behavior and actions must be steeped in God's truth and his righteousness and it must be more than a state of mind. It's the way of life. Remember John 14, 6, the way? These two pieces of armor keep you abiding in God as you learn how to trust and rely on his armor in his truth and his righteousness so you can be armed 
prepared, and protected through the battle you face each and every day. Others will see you, and Acts 4.13 will come alive in you, as they think to themselves, they, you, must have been with Jesus. That's why you must put on the armor of God, the belt, excuse me, and the breastplate, truth and righteousness, and stand firm in him. Amen? And believe me, you will be eternally grateful you did. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, as I sit here, I am praying over the listeners today. And I pray that those who have heard about the armor for the first time will look to you with a desire to know more about it and why they need it. For someone who knows how they lived before, you rescued and saved them and brought salvation to their house. They are truly grateful that they now stand firm on your truth. They stand firm in your righteousness. Where would we be without your truth and your righteousness? Abba, please, move mightily in someone's life today that is just being beaten and torn down by the sin that is around them and in them. Give them the strength, empower them to move, create a desire in them to reach out to you so that you can touch their lives and give them the armor so they can begin to defend the truth of who you are. We thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your response. We thank you for the armor. I know there are many times by which not having your armor, I would have given in, moved. And the detriment to me is moving away from you, the most wonderful place to ever be, is in your presence. Thank you for your response. Thank you for your inspiration. Thank you for just being the loving Father who just provides all that we ask so that we can live a life that is full and enriched. We thank you and are so grateful, so, so grateful for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, after today, there must be something said about being in Jesus Christ. He promises a life that resembles God's work versus the devil's. You live a life that's pleasing to God versus one that's full of immorality, impurity, selfishness, and greed, just to name a few. And I pray today that 
God will shed some light on the purpose and power of his armor. Amen. Well, in the next podcast, we'll move on to the gospel of peace and the shield of faith. And you will hear what they both accomplish in your life as a disciple of Jesus. Amen. Again, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.